Good evening, welcome to episode 95 of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. Um, happy two wins in a row in Serie A, happy four wins in a row in all competitions, um, and a happy bank holiday to anyone who's listening to in the UK. We're having a, a bank holiday weekend, so we'll have a three-day weekend. Woohoo! Um, with me this Monday evening is Samuel Rubio. How are you, Sam? God, how are you? Uh, times are good. The ambiente is different, right? It's, it feels good uh, to be a Roma fan this year. It's not a lot of crap in the ambiente these days. It feels nice for a change. No, how are you? Yeah, all good. Went to my first football game in 17 and a bit months over the weekend. What nice. Swindon, Swindon beat Mansfield 1-0. May have teared up during the game, but that's all part and part coming back to uh, to watching live football. And also with us today, we've got Imran. How are we, Imran? We're good. Thank you. No, pleasure. Um, happy... Uh, Happy two wins in a row in Serie A, guys. It's been a lot of fun watching Jose Mourinho ball this season. Um, we'll start off with Thursday's game against Trabs on Spore. Um, I gather both of you watched it via the Roma socials on the Twitter, YouTube, and they stream on Facebook as well. It was on Facebook, uh, it was on all platforms. Yeah, on yeah. all platforms. I, I managed to stream it on YouTube through my TV, so... Um, Roma won 3-0 thanks to goals with Brian Cristante, uh, Nicola Zaniolo's first goal in over a year, and Stefan Alshirari. So Roma won the game 3-0 on the night and 5-1 on aggregate. Um, Imran, I come to you first. What were your thoughts on the performance overall? Mm, it was good performance. Um, surprisingly easy, but I think that's what you can expect against Turkish side because they are not tactically very good. Despite that, they did create some good chances and repatriated it very well uh, with a span of, I think, five, ten minutes where it had some really good saves. But overall, uh, perfectly executed uh, game plan and, uh, yeah, through to the next round. Like expected. Yeah, I think we both, me and you, on the WhatsApp group, were quite confident at first, weren't we? I think we can maybe look a little bit more smug afterwards. Uh, Sam, did you manage to catch the game at all? Um, as you know, I was on vacation, but I catched, I catched <laughs> it after, and a few hours after. And it was a great game. Uh, like Mourinho said, it was a dangerous rival because, yeah, I agree with Imran. They're not the most um, disciplined tactically, right? Mm. But it also it was one of the, t- and we talked about it here, it was one of the toughest uh, opponents, especially for that early of a round uh, in this tournament, right? Uh, it was a tricky, it was a tricky situation. We needed to um, just get out of this uh, playoff round. And now with the rivals that we have, uh, you know, we, I'm sure we want to talk about it, a trip to Norway. And, and, and then I think uh, we get uh, Sofia again to Bulgaria. Um, but it was a tricky. It was a tricky. Um, it was a tricky match that, um, that, that I think Roma uh, passed the test uh, with flying with with a flying note. I mean, great great approach by Mourinho. I think the energy 
you can feel like there is something different with this team. He didn't hold anything back. It was a starting squad. Um, and like I said, like I said in my Spanish podcast, I think Mourinho is very motivated to win, uh, to win this tournament. He would be the first coach to win Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. He will be the first coach ever. You don't think he's motivated by that? I think he has a surprise for us in this tournament. He's showing it so far, with, uh, p- putting such a such a starting lineup. I'm sure he's going to rotate a little bit more, on the, especially in the away matches. But um, um, it was good by Roma. Wins, I think, like I said earlier, the ambiente is good uh, uh, for a change. So I th- I'm very happy with the performance from Thursday. And then bring on. I think we should... We shouldn't have a problem topping up that group because if we finish second, I believe we have to play a playoff round with a third uh, of the, the one that qualified third on the group on the Europa League. So there's another round, another extra round. So it's very important to just get through this group and just finish first, right? But so far, so good. How pleasing was it to see Nicolo Zaniolo score and put the wrong, sorry, put the rights to the wrong on what happened on um, Sunday evening. Where well, that was such a wonderful goal, and there was a wonderful through ball from uh, Jordan Veratu for the goal. Um, what were your thoughts on that, Imran? It was very important, and like you said, a good goal, uh, very controlled, didn't panic, good assist, and it was you could see what it meant to him. Uh, but also the teammates and how happy they were for him. So, yeah, very happy for him. And the perfect response after the, the disappointing performance against Fiorentina. So really happy for him. Mm. Um, really hope he just continues like it, like this. The stupid red car put behind him. Um, Sam, we talked about this. I think we, me, me and you may have talked about this in previous parts. Is Rory Patricio. Um, he can, and Imran spoke about this before. He's come up big again. Some very, very crucial saves in the second half of that game. And also Tammy Abraham's reaction to the save was priceless. Yeah, finally we can start to feel like we have some solidity at the position, right? Because mm. it was very shaky for after obviously after Allison left. Um, we might not have a world beater, um, but he's definitely a top top uh, goalkeeper. Not a, one of the best in the world, not Allison level, but we have a very. Um, I don't feel nervous anymore. He doesn't give that that feeling that Paul mm. Lopez used to give you. You know, uh, Paul Lopez just never looked like was there, and I don't want to go to the past. But it's very different what what, what, we, what we're seeing with Rui Patricio, right? A lot of security. He just makes you feel secure, and I think that's what he, that's the foundation of, uh, of 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 Roma's defense, right? He just gives a lot of a lot of makes the defense make, make feel a lot more secure. Um, I think that's my stand on him. I I hope he keeps going and only gets better. I mean, he's come out clutch even on the traps on sport match that we're talking about. When we were up 1-0, um, he had a couple of big-time saves that could have made the match a lot more complicated than it needed to be. So, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, that Victor Hugo save was um, was top-notch. And as I said, Tommy Abraham's reaction was pricey. He had his hands on his head. Um, so, gents, we had the draw. So we had Zoria Luhansk from Ukraine, a reunion with CSK Sofia, and the team maybe that Imran can talk a little bit more about is Bodo Glimp from Norway. So what were your thoughts on the draw? Sam, I'll start with you first, then I'll come to you, Imran, afterwards. 
I don't know anything about Bodo Glimp outside of a picture of the stadium. It looks really cold, uh, very different from where I live. Um, so I don't know anything about, like you said, Imran will give, be able to give us some light. About the Ukrainian team, again, Namach and CS, CSKA Sofia. It's a, it's, a team that, it's a team that we've played in the Champions League before in the past. We mm. played them last year in the Europa League. And now we're going to meet each other on the uh, this conference league. It's the shortest trip, right, to Bulgaria, to Sofia. Um, yeah. I think, like I said earlier, I think we should be able to top off this group, close, uh, win nine points at home, still a couple away, top off the group, and, and skip the playoff round in the conference league and go straight to the next round, right? Um, uh, I think we shouldn't have a problem topping off the group. I understand all the tra all the travel that we have to do, and we had an article on, on Planeta Roma yesterday. It was I don't know calculating the mileage that, that Roma has to travel. A lot of traveling, I understand, but uh, we should be able to take take care take care of business at home. Still, a few points in, uh, in the away matches and and just finish uh, the group up top. I would definitely take twelve points out of eighteen as a as a bare minimum if we can. Four wins is uh, is a must. Is probably for me. Um, so Imran, uh, what were your thoughts on the draw, and could you shed some light on uh, the Norwegian side, Bodo Glimt? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, considering the draw in itself, I think it's it's a very easy it's a very easy draw for Roma. Uh, I don't think there are many good teams in Conference League to begin with. I think Tottenham is strongest uh, side uh, apart from us. Um, so I think um, CSKA Sofia, we met them last season uh, and Zoria could be a tricky uh, trip. I think they are the second strongest side. Buda Glimt, um, Norwegian side, <coughs> very interesting side because uh, they usually been uh, never been a top club. Uh, they've uh, They were fighting for relegations and they were actually in the second tire a few years back. And then they went from fighting uh, you know, for releg from relegation to to winning the title. <clears throat> Or they did, they had a good uh, uh, season. Uh, the season after they were fighting, it was like a transition season. And then they changed the whole strategy of the club. They, they started investing in young players. And uh, they they famously had Jens Petterhage, who played really good against Milan in the Europa League last season, who was then sold to uh, Milan. He was he was 18 months before that game. He was uh, he was uh, struggling to break through for the second tier team, which he was loaned out to. So it, it, it was big contrast to a lot of players who who, who were hungry who needed. To make the next step, but they were not doing it. So this model worked out really well, and they they were unplayable last season. They were, I mean, they broke almost every record. They uh, they won 26 out of 30 games in the league, which is a lot. Um, I mean, irrespective of which league you're speaking of, they scored 100, 100 they scored more than 100 league goals. So they were they were averaging more than three goals uh, per game. Uh, and they comfortably won the league, uh, so it, it was very impressive. But they lost Jens Peter Hager. They lost uh, some important players, uh, Zinker Hagen, I think, uh, to Watford was it? He played in the championship, and 
he's playing in Nottingham Forest now. He was also really good for them. So they had some. They had a very good score, but they don't have a European uh, mentality. I mean, they don't have the history. They don't have the. They don't have the squad or uh, which is ready to play. This is why. I think main reason why they lost in the qualifier for the Champions League uh, too, because they're not experienced enough. Um, they have the potential because uh, they play very attacking football and they have some really good young players coming up. But I, I don't think it would be any problem for Roma. Their away game can be tricky. I think it will be in the end of October, uh, which uh, which is better than December. I mean, then it will be uh, snow um, and really tough conditions to play in. Uh, but I think we should be easily, I think if we don't stretch ourselves too much, I think we should be able to take 18 points from this group. I think if we take 12 points, I think it will be a disappointment uh, considering the opponents. And Sofia, I'm, I know them a bit too because uh, uh, I, I lived in Bulgaria for a few years. So I followed um, the league um, not wholeheartedly, but Ludogorets is the strongest team there. They've won the league every year for 10 years now. And Cesca Sofia is the most uh, successful club in Bulgaria. Historically speaking, they have more than 30 championships, I think. Um, uh, but uh, they have struggled uh, in the recent years, trying to build up something now. Uh, but still, I, I don't think they're up to the standards of... Uh, uh, of a top top European club, so it should be, it should be a walk in the park, I think. Uh, and Mourinho should be giving lots of playing time to the players. I think Zoria could be our trickiest opponent. Perhaps Budapest if they get something going, uh, but I think it should be fine. Eighteen points. That's what we should aim for. I love the confidence from both of you. What too. a great breakdown, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence. Also, you two are like. Yeah, yeah, we'll stroll through the group. I'm like, if we get 12 to 15 points, should be okay. Um, so I'm looking at the fixtures. So we start against CSK Sofia on the 16th. That is an 8 p.m. kickoff. Then the first away game is away in Ukraine. So that's the Zoria Lahans, and that is a in the 30th of September. And as Imran says, the Bodo Glimt away game is on the 21st of October. The return fixture in Rome is on the 4th of November. The, the the last home game is against Soria Lahansk. That's on 25th of November. And we end like we did in the Europa League last season in the group stages against CSK Sofia. And that is in December. So that is your group. And this time is away that we close yeah, away. Yeah, we'll close away like we did last season. Yeah. Um, so we, we drew nil-nil against CSK Sofia at home and then lost 3-1 away in Bulgaria, but Fonseca did put out like a B and a C squad. So that is the the draw for the Conference League and the fixtures. We'll go into the game last night. So it was Salonatana nil, Roma 4. And for me, the first half wasn't the greatest. Roma dominated the ball, but really didn't capitalise on anything. But then the second half, it was just watching a completely different Roma. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. And then Sam, I'll start with you first. What was your overall reaction on the performance? And who was your standout players from last night? 
Yeah, um, agree with you. The first half was a very organized Salernitana team, mm, very organized, agree, very yeah. disciplined, right? It was very hard for, for Roma to break, break that deadlock. They tried. They tried to move the ball. They were patient. They were trying. They, they were they were missing that final moment of brilliance, right? That, that extra that shot that they had. Um, yeah, and the second half it was a different team. I mean, I think it helped that the goal came early, Um um, and that opened up things, as Pellegrini said in the post conference. You know, that gave him the confidence to keep going. Um, and when th- when things open up and when players have confidence, I think that things like that can happen, right? That's what we're shooting for: more of that, more of the Roma second half. Um, standout performers. Uh, I think you have to mention as men of the match for me. I think without a question, has to be Lorenzo Pellegrini. Uh, he's putting he's putting on consistence men of the match uh, or, or 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 at least to be in the conversation for men of the match performances every week in week out as of right now also these days early on in the season and it's looking like this season might be the one that he actually takes up the takes the next level right that brings it up a notch because we've been talking about in previous seasons this is where pellegrini shows shows that he can do it you know he's going to bring it up a notch i think he's showing this year that this might be his year uh, I hope I don't jinx it and anything like that. But I think I'm, lo- I'm loving what I'm seeing from the captain, and I hope he keeps going. Um, it was a very nice goal with the left foot when the second shot. I mean, it was a little complacency from the keeper, I'll give you that. But he had to be there, and, and he was. I feel like he was everywhere on that pitch, um, P- Pellegrini. Another n- names that I want to mention is Tammy Abraham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy Abraham was very good, very um, in Spanish, you say participativo. It's very like he was every like he was every. He wanted to uh, help out his team. He was always there. He wanted the ball. He's he he doesn't mind giving the first touch to open up play. I mean, one of the goals, the one by Mikitani, was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful goal. Um, Jordan Beretud was very good. He's showing why we need him in the in the middle of the pitch. Uh, another name that maybe early on in the, in the, in the in, even in preseason, we said that he might not have a lot of room, or maybe even before Mourinho started training the team, we, we thought we didn't, he didn't have a lot of room in the team, but he's showing that he does. He's Carlos Perez. He was very, you know, one of the better performers in the first half. Um, and who else was really good? Henry Mkhitaryan deserves a, a mention. Roma's fullbacks. I know maybe the one of maybe people can say one of the weakest part of Roma in the first few matches were, were the fullbacks, Biña and and Carso. But I think they were they were very good yesterday and they deserve a shout out. But for men of the match, uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini. I don't know if you guys agree with me. He mm. was everywhere on the pitch. He was phenomenal, and I hope we keep seeing more of that. Two matches, six points. Again, let's not get too, too excited. This is a Salernitana side that broke down on the second half. Uh, um, they have a co- they had a couple chances that maybe another team could have put away and made the match a little more a little closer than it was. But uh, so far, again, I keep saying the same thing. So far, it's so good. Uh, six, two matches, six points. Let's keep it going. I mean, there is the stupid international break now so early in the season, but I hope that doesn't kill our momentum going forward. So... On which match day will we be picking up the Scudetto? <laughs> no, says, no, no. He says tongue no. in cheek. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this is a, this is a, we're very positive, right? I, I don't. I'm I know, not ready to take it. I'm not ready. I'm never going to say the S word in Roma, especially in this <laughs> podcast. I'm not ready for that just yet. I'm just very happy that uh, we keep 
the, the, we keep the energy. Have you seen the team with a different energy than, than other years? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I just see the team a little bit hungrier than other years. No, I can see it. Um, Imran, what's your thoughts on the game? Do you echo mine and Sam's points of view? I do. I think, like you said, uh, Pellegrini and Abraham, Abraham, they were participative. So <laughs> <laughs> it was the, what is the right word? Participative. Right, they were involved, very involved. Yes, yes. But, you know, like, uh, I think, yeah, Sam pretty much summed it up, but I think the it was like Marini said after after the game, it was impossible not to win the game because of the way we played. We were in complete control. We were struggling to break down the defense in the first half because it was it was full blown Catenaccio, which yeah, Salah and Salah were playing. So it was always going to be. You need patience when you meet opponents like that. And this is what he tried to say. And he said something very important after the, in the post-match interview. He said that I told my players to not not lose the emotional balance and uh, to stay patient, even if it would be 0-0 uh, at uh, the 75th minute because he was confident that we would win. And, and um, I think... Um, it was. It's difficult to draw too many conclusions based on this, based on this performance or uh, on this match because we faced what I would say is the probably the weakest Serie A team in ages, and they didn't have really too much to come up with. Uh, so it was not. It, it was not uh, a, a real opponent, but still, it's it's good for the players to build build on uh, this. Um, you know, for the upcoming games in terms of confidence. Uh, and like uh, Sam said, Carlos Perez, uh, impressive. Finally, he's uh, playing in a 4-2-3-1 where he can, you know, play as a winger. In it was unfortunate that at the moment he came to Roma, we switched from 4-3-3 to, uh, you know, whatever, 3 uh or one two we were playing or two one we were playing on the Fonseca because there was no really uh, space for him so he was always playing out of possession so to say uh, but now you can see that he's doing things it, it still it will still take him one time because he needs to improve but he's st- doing things um, he's 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 not overdoing things he's doing he's playing it simple but still he's very creative and he's good one on one. Um, and you see that the trust that um, Mourinho has put in him, he's repaying it. And I'm very happy for him because he was one of the players I was certain uh, who were to leave in the summer. So but it looks like he could be really useful. And I think he can just build on this from here. So very happy with, with the performance. But... Uh, you uh, gave us like the mentality, you know, of of real champions, the way we were playing, and that was that was happy. And I think that's entirely down to Mourinho and his uh, his way of uh, communicating this to the players, because uh, we've seen performances like this before against teams like uh, that without, uh, you know, because eventually we just panicked and we probably conceded goals, you know. So we've been there before, but this time looks like the real deal. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, I had um, v- envisions of like Kievo uh, in in like the early 2010s to 2015s, where they would just sit the part the bus. Sorry, use a Jose term, um, part the bus and just grab a point when they would just did nothing. And as you said, um, Imran, they would look like like Salernitana would like playing a three. They were playing like a three-five-two, but basically, it turned into a five-four-one, where Bonazzoli was just on his own, isolated, and the two wing backs became two full backs, and it was defending against the back five. But as soon as Roma got the first goal, it was a different Roma, and just it's night and day, and what we've seen Lorenzo Pellegrini this season to compared to last season, he looks completely a different player. And like you sent me the Instagram clip the other day, Imran of what Jose said to hit about him. I would like three Pellegrinis yeah. and that, that was spot on It's completely hundred percent spot on. He was outstanding last night. Like the fantastic yeah, finish. Sorry. Sorry. Imran, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off there. <laughs> no, 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 go, go ahead. Oh, I was just, just going to say, Fantastic finish for the first goal. A wonderful finish for his second goal where he opened his body up. And you could see what the emotion it meant to him, like celebrating in front of fans and then celebrating with Tammy Abraham after Abraham scored that wonderful goal. And also the team celebrating in front of the fans after, like, on every goal and after the win was fantastic. Yeah, I was just going to say, I agree with you. I was just going to say, about Pellegrini, it reminded me of uh, something back in the days with uh, Mourinho and Lampard. Because when Mourinho yeah. came to Chelsea in 2004, uh, Lampard was a good midfielder. John Terry was a good defender, but they were not world-class. It was under Mourinho that they grew into becoming world-class. And remember, Lampard was 26 when Mourinho came. That's a mature age for a uh, midfielder. And by that age... You should all. You should at some point in your career have you know shown glimpse of you know being world class or. But Lampard for me he was always an ordinary midfielder. He was a good midfielder, uh, but it was when Mourinho came and he said something in his autobiography which was interesting. He said that it was after some game after uh, in some some Premier League or Champions League game that Mourinho came to him in the dressing. You know while he was taking shower, he said that. I was butt naked taking a shower after the game. And Mourinho comes to me and tells me, you are the best midfielder in the world. He was like, I didn't know what to believe. He was like, I was, you know, I was very surprised. At that, he was like, at that time, I knew that he didn't mean it, but he was like, it gave me so much confidence and I was flying so high on it for such a long time. And I think this is, this is the uh, this is the coach Mourinho is. Uh, he has done something similar with Pellegrini because Pellegrini, it's early to say he's world class, but one or two seasons under Mourinho, he will definitely be world class. And uh, because he has he has um, his role in the team is is well defined. He has stepped up to become a leader. He's being referred to as my captain, you know, by Tammy Abraham in this Instagram by his players and I think he uh, very happy and I think the other one who will really really take great steps under uh, Mourinho is uh, Roger Ribanez uh, Mancini too but uh, I think 
Ibanez will, you know, he has the physical capability. He has he has the pace, and he just need a bit more of tactical discipline, and he will become world class. Completely. No, no, completely agree with that, Imran. I did say to John on Roma Press, and I think I scared him a little bit when when I was on the podcast saying that Abanez could be Roma's next valuable asset in the next couple of years where they, they could get a really big offer for him. And he could really, really grow under Mourinho. And you can see that already, that in just a few games, he looks really, really assured at centre-back. But you do get the odd, Mistake, but hopefully that his mistakes yeah. come. Sorry, call you off. No, no, that's fine. He takes chances, you know. That's why they come. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he, he yeah. Does. But I think he will. He, he takes chances and he takes risks. But I think under Mourinho, he will become. I will not say that he will not take uh, risks or chances, but he will be more tactically solid. He will uh, be following. He will. He will be following a game plan which will allow him, which will not give him the freedom to, you know, to perform out of his role or out of his act. So he will be more make a little uh, bit more conservative decision. Yeah, like more in symphony, more synchronized, and I think that will that will just uh, make him a better defender. Agreed. Completely agree. I think one point which uh, I, I wanted to say the last thing for me on the. Uh, on yesterday's game was uh, Vigna. He was good going forward, but I still think he, when we face trickier opponents, he could be um, he could be uh, our weakest link, especially in in defense. When it comes to defensive positioning, you saw one chance that Bonazzoli missed, which was a sitter. Uh, he he doesn't really know where to position himself. Uh, I don't know if it has to do with his tactical understanding or, um, I mean, his visibility. But first few matches looked, in Serie A as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But but you know, he's starting our games, and for us to for him to improve, you know, he has to start improving quicker than we can afford if we're not to if we don't want to. Um, concede these type of goals because opponents will start to punish us and trigger opponents. Sassuolo next could be trickier, although you know um, we have relatively easy fixture at the five, until six, seven match day. I hope that he will become better and more tactically aware because that could be a weak point. I, I just, just one of my observations. Yeah, no, I agree with you defensively. Offensively, he's decent. He's a very good crosser. I don't know if you notice. Um, most of his crosses are, you know, in the good area where you, whenever you want him to go. But definitely needs to bring it up a notch on the defensive part. Yeah, but he's technically good. He compensates well for that. He's technically good. He's good going for. He's comfortable on the. I mean, he's comfortable with the ball in possession. So these are good, definitely good uh, abilities. But if he just improves on that one bit, because we don't really have many options apart from him. And now it looks like he might not even make it for the Sassuolo game because uh, he will be away on international duty, and the South American players won't make it back in time. Ah, yes. South America, they're playing three matches instead of the regular two. Yeah, so it could be, it could be, 
it could be. He might have to quarantine when he gets back because he's going to a red area over there, right? That's a good. Uh, I don't think so. You can come back, and if you're coming back and you are settled in that country, you can for work related things. You don't need quarantine. I think there was something similar with the with the Abraham. Mm. Hmm. They're com- different coming from England and coming from, from South America, though, but we'll have to wait and see how, how they apply those things. Yeah, so perhaps Calafiori will start against us all. I don't think Mourinho sees Calafiori as being quite ready just yet, and I think I agree with him. Yeah. Well, he needs time, but I don't think we have too many other options if Vigna is not there for the Sassuolo game. Could play a Banyas at left back and then Shoehorn, Mancini, Kumbula. Not good that we're talking even about that option. Yeah. So early on the season. Yeah. Uh, oh, that uh, that would be really. I think <laughs> Ibanez as a left back would, would would look really clumsy. I think. Yeah, he did uh, play that in pre-season in a couple of games where Roma were seeking the Mateus Vineyard deal. Um, I wanted just to ask you both about. Uh, one player and we'll, we'll on this game how good has Tammy Abraham been in Serie A I know it's been two games in Serie A but he looks assured he looks ready at home his press conference on Friday before the, the draw he come across very well and he, he seems so impressive so far in Serie A and the goal he scored yesterday was excellent and then the Roma put out a cheeky tweet saying, how many goals do you reckon he'll score this season in Serie A? And it's like, one to five, five uh, six to 10, 10 to six, 15, 16 to 20 and 20 plus. And I was just thinking, calm down. But he, he looks really good so far. I just wanted to get your, both of your points of view. I mean, he, he looks in sync with his with his teammates, right? Mm. He, I mean, uh, Saniolo gets fouled. He runs and he fights for him. Like he's known them forever. I think he's... He's uh he's buying into Roma's mentality, into what Mourinho wants, into what the team wants, and that's just making just that's just making the settling time a lot faster. It seems like I think he I think he gives Roma even something more that second the Sheko didn't give us, which is mobility. Uh, he's very good with his feet. He comes out of two three players, you know, with that step on, and he brings it back and he comes out. That's, that's he uses it as a tool as, a, as an option to get out of. Of travel, I think he adds another. I think he's great so far. I think I, to ask, I agree with you. To asking how many goals he's going, how many go, goals he's going to score seems a little unfair at the moment. I think we just got to take him match by match, and and every ma- every match learns something more from Mkhitaryan, something from Saniolo, from Shomurodov himself. I think this is very exciting that what, what Roma can do. Uh, uh, these are good times. Yeah, Imran, what's your thoughts on Tami so far? I know it's only been a couple of games, but he looks ready at home so far. He he does. He's um, he's he's extremely technical and he has a very good close control and perfect link up with his uh, teammates. Very you know, very lively. And uh, like Sam said, Jeko, you got um, you know a fox in the box, but. With Tammy, you get the whole build-up. You get, uh, you get. I would say a more than and just as good as hold that play too, as well. He can bring out long ball. He can control it, win the second yes, ball, yes. make your team move forward. You know, 
Yes, uh, I mean a modern striker uh, suited to you know international football. He has you know international class. Yeah, he, he can he can improve him. You know, if he puts on a bit more muscles, he can become a monster on top. So very happy with him. Very very happy with his contribution so far. Uh, I think it will get even better from here. Um, personally, if he scores between ten and fifteen goals in Serie, I think that would be acceptable. Uh, anything more than that would be, you know, a bonus because uh, you know Serie is a tough league. It takes time to get used to it, and there will come difficult moments for him as well. But I think ten to fifteen goals in Serie will be acceptable in the first, you know, in, in the first season because he's uh, he has created a lot. He will he will have he will have assists. He will you know get penalties and important free kicks. So the performances will be important. I will not. Nobody will look isolated, you know, exclusively on the number or the stats, but around that. Yeah, uh, agreed. I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Mr. Shromadorov like link up in a game. That could be quite interesting to see them two start up front or one wide. But I'm not the manager. But that is for another time and another place. Um, Guys, um, transfer window shuts tomorrow. Hopefully we'll see some outs and potentially an in. Do we see any of the big guys on big wages leaving that we've talked about in the past? Hopefully Tiago Pinto does some really good work in the next, what will we say, 24 hours? He'll have to do magic to get out mm. of Ensonsi. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He's rejecting offers from Benfica, from Qatar, Qatar yeah. from Saudi Arabia. Um, difficult. I mean, from what I read, he also wants to play, but uh, he's holding out to get, pay, you know, to get as most money possible. Uh, will be interesting to see what. Uh, I'm sure at least one of those names have we have to get out of the squad, have, get out of the roster. Uh, what are the three most important ones that we want to get rid of? Is uh, Pastore, Fasio, and Insonzi, right? And Olsen. Um, Olsen as well. That's right. Uh, that still hasn't been taken care of. Four big names. If we're, if we're able to get rid of two uh, before the window closes, I consider myself happy. Uh, I mean, ideally, it would be Pastore, you know, with a high salary, Pastore and Insonzi. Um, I think so far, Pinto has done a terrific job. I think he's done very well. A lot of people, you know, were comparing him. And I know that had that big comparison with Monching, which I don't agree with. But um, I think he's done phenomenal so far with the resources that he's had. Uh, I mean, the Friedkins did put in a little bit of catch. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the next 24 hours. But uh, if they're able to get out of two names out of those four that I mentioned, I'll consider myself happy. Yeah, Imran, same point to you. How do you feel if we can get rid of some bodies tomorrow for the transfer window? Yeah, like we discussed last time, it would yeah. be it would be difficult. It would be challenging. I'm not very optimistic, and uh, I'm not very optimistic. We'll be able to sign a defensive midfielder as we as we were discussing. But what was quite a bit interesting and baffling yesterday was Gonzalo Villar. He was sent to the stands. Yes. It, yeah. was, it was explained as a technical decision. I mean, whatever you want to 
put into that because his agent said after the game it was it was strictly a technical decision and it's not a sign that he might leave the club. He said that he's really happy at Roma, but uh, personally, I don't think uh, how you know how it was a technical decision. It might have been a disagreement with Mourinho or 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 the club, you know, about his role in the team because. There is no other logical explanation why he was in the stands and uh, excluded from the uh, from the squad that were in Salantana. Yeah, two goalkeepers and no VR on the bench. So it was a very strange, curious decision. I don't know, Sam. He, it looks like he's been offered to a couple of Spanish clubs. Um, I did see that earlier. Could you see him going back to La Liga if nothing else works here? Um, yeah, I, I could also see him in another Serie A team. Uh, I don't know. It, it's so weird, right? Because he ended up the year in such a good note uh, mm. last season that we thought he would be part of uh, Roma's future, right? Um, football, everything changes so fast. Uh, we thought Carlos Perez was on the way out, and look how everything has turned. Um, I think... Roma has a little bit of leverage too, and they have a they have some value, right? Players like Diawara or him, they still have some value because of their youth and they're very technical. And other teams can see him as a as a, as a great tool to have. Um, I hate to see him. I hate to to lose. I hate to lose Villar. If you had, if you ask me, which one would I rather lose, Diawara or Villar? And uh, I would probably choose Diawara. Mm-hmm. And I like to keep Villar, but I also see why Villar wouldn't fit uh, Mourinho style that, that's becoming very popular that saying right because maybe he lack of physicality uh, we don't know what's going on inside in the dressing room obviously but as what, as what we can tell it's just he doesn't uh, adjust to Mourinho's game and if that's the case I hate to see him go but uh, if he's, a, he's good for Roma and then it's going to be good as far as uh, uh, financial financially wise uh, I think Say let's do it. It would be sad to see him go if he I, does I'm, go. Yeah, I'm hesitant about it, but I yeah. say let's do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm reluctant. I would love to see him in the squad because he he's a very technical, gifted player, and we saw that last season where he, he flourished under Fonseca. Would you say for, that it's also very one dimension, and maybe Mourinho is looking for a little bit more box to box, a different uh, yeah. type. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he sees someone like Brian Cristante ahead of him. And he wants to see a, like a box to box player, and maybe he wants a register, doesn't he, in the team? So he's got Veritude, who's the box to box player. And he's trying to convert Cristante into that register player. But VR is very, very technically gifted on the ball, but maybe he lacks that physicality in the in the team. Um, I do feel like because Imran said we, we're going to be missing that defensive midfielder. I do feel like we're we're missing out big time on the the outside midfielder Cup Miners, who's going to allegedly going to Atalanta. That was a that's gonna be a big blow if that happens because he would have fit into Roma big time, but we have to wait and see. And it was really cheap. Yeah, fifteen million euros. It's ridiculous. Yeah, twelve plus three. Yeah. Three bonus. And uh Sabitzer left too for Bayern Munich. Yeah, that was which was not allowed to see either. No, that was confirmed. They signed like a four-year deal with Bayern. 
Bayern hoovering up the deal, uh, big players. And it, like nothing's been said about Dennis Zakaria as well. That's gone quiet. So tomorrow could be a busy day for Roman the transfer market within a potential ins or an, an outs. Um, guys, do we have anything else to add apart from Jose enjoying his pizza and Coke on the train home? Nothing besides that. It's, it's terrible that we have to wait a couple more weeks mm. and the international break is coming so early. Yeah, is it three games they're playing? Is it three games? I know you said earlier South America. Well, South three. America is going to be three three matches. Yeah, they're trying to make up for some for some rounds that are missing in the earlier rounds. So they're trying mm-hmm. to make up time. I mean, they're struggling with, you know, you know, the big teams are not okay with it because from what it seems like, the big players are not going down to South America. Um, no. So it'll be interesting to see how everything develops in the next what twenty four to forty eight hours down mm-hmm. there. Uh, so we'll be monitoring the situation because uh, on our players, we have Vinya, we have Darbo going to Africa, I believe, and somebody else. When, isn't Diawara called up to go? Diawara, I believe. Yeah. Was it Diawara? Correct, yeah. And they're, they're all red zones, what they're called the red zones. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, uh, yes. I think there are three games in Europe as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see Scotland are playing Denmark on Wednesday, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't believe the two weeks, two Serie A games into, and you have to break for two weeks. Oh, it's just really bad. Every yeah. season it's like that, but hey ho. Um, guys, I don't think we've had anything else to add on to that. I think we we can wrap a bow on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, good times. I mean, I think that we are on a positive note, right? Mm. Six six out of six. We got through the conference league. The team is looking, it's looking like it's improving by, by the match. I think the team is looking like they're united. They're together. They're all going for for a purpose. They have a purpose. They seem more hungry. I'm very, I'm very happy to where we are right now and how much we can improve, where we can be in a few months if everything goes well, right? Yeah, completely agree. It's just like, can you believe that the two Roman clubs are top of the league on goal difference? It's crazy, isn't it? Two different managers. What a time to be alive for us Roma fans. Um, Sam and Imran, thank you very much for joining me on a a Monday evening. Um, You you can follow the podcast at LaMagicast on all podcast platforms. And guys, thank you again. And always remember, Forza Roma. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.